Duality aperitif. Two tau set pieces to play between one axe. Set piece one. Absence. House lights on. Stage hand, main character in casual wear, brings chair on stage from right. Places center. Slide off center, off center right. Leave stage left. Comes back. Pulls chair to exact center. Leaves right. Chair remains on stage. Lights on. One minute. House lights dim. Stop middle dark. 30 seconds. Off. Spotlight on right, where character is to enter from. Spotlight follows. Character sits in chair. Stands. Leaves left. Light initially follows. Returns to chair. Stays. Chair. Center stage. Light. 30 seconds. Off. Set piece two, presence, scene, lights off. Sounds are heard of objects being dragged across the stage and the labored sounds people make as they drag heavy items. The items being dragged are not the ones that will be on the stage when the lights go on. The objects creating the noise must make a noise obviously disproportionate to what appears so that the effort the movers suffer from appears deliberate. The question arises. The question should arise in the minds of the audience. Plant agents in the audience to ask probing questions to those around them. Hey, I wonder what that's about, huh? I wonder what moral the playwright is probing. Cancel the show completely and burn the building if the agents return with notes that the audience is a dud. Additional note. Be sure to evacuate the building before this tantrum. If the sounds of suffering, and what we interpret to be the source of that suffering, is revealed to be foolish, exaggerated, and needless in the light, what portion of our suffering is legitimate to ascribe to God versus ourselves? The commotion should last a few minutes. Feel it out so as to not belager the audience with enough darkness to annoy them, but create enough of a disturbance to create anticipation among the crowd that there's some great purpose afoot. When the lights come on, the stage is vacant of life, but is cluttered with life. No character, only props. The props can be any assortment of household items. A broom, a mop, table, chair, a lamp, or two tall standing lamps couple of books, college textbook type or coffee table books, some paper strewn about with writing utensils strewn wherever paper is not, and a coffee maker somewhere. These plus others so as to not overclutter the stage, but enough to create the illusion of the presence of life despite the total nothingness of value. Action. Character one comes on from backstage left and walks through the disheveled hurricane of materials leisurely with hands in their pockets, glancing at it all, 
pauses mid-stage, and lingers on this or that. Lingers on that if they previously lingered on this, or lingers on this if their first linger was on that. They then exit downstage right, appearing disappointed that nothing was worth their time. Character 2 comes from backstage right and skips around the stage. They don't see anything on their initial journey, but after returning from where they entered, they stop and notice that everything is everywhere and stand puzzled. They squat down and speculate the objects. What's all this and why? They appear surprised, but not because any of this is abnormal. Rather, the circumstances of a life emptied of the things that make it worth living have been haphazardly disposed of, but rather speculates, appraises that life that was conjoined with these materials. Was it a life worth living if this is what they had to show for it? After deliberating for half a minute, they decide in the negative, stand up, and walk off backwards from where they entered, cautious not to attract the attention of the objects, lest these things attach themselves to them and suck their life of worth. Character 3 enters Lowered from Sky. They are dressed in skydiving goggles and a cape with a bicycle helmet with childish stickers all over. Knee pads. They're lowered into the middle of the mess, wherever there appears to be the heart of the mess. Not necessarily center stage. When tossing the objects about, this can be done to mix the nonsense commotion with the purposeful production, let them fall organically and create this space. The vortex will fashion itself somewhere. Chaos has a core. Land the character there. They look around, go to a few materials, and play with them. Examine them. They spend some time really evaluating things. After a minute of this, they become enraged and begin to kick things from here to there, there to here. Character 1 sticks their head out from the right, bewildered. Character 2 peers out from left, in love with the habit. Character 1 and 2 bounce out around the stage, jovial with the destruction, and contribute, kicking this here and there, playing catch with some of the lighter materials, picking up the chair for someone to kick down, flipping the table upright, rolling over the table, and then flipping it over. Character 3 never interacts with them and only sees them after they've played for a minute, looks at them disappointed, and is lifted back into the sky though this comes as a bit of a surprise, because they begin flailing around initially. After a few feet, they settle into their abduction and assume some heroic ascension pose. Character 1 and 2 only notice Character 3's absence after they're completely out of view and halt their playing. They exit from the opposite sides they entered, exiting where they entered in their first appearance, without any further interaction with each other. Generative chaos to pure. Character 4 enters, a very well-dressed person with the aura of someone with metaphysical authority. Not a person that would get any superb treatment from their peers in life, but someone that you look at and think, if they were with the angels, they would lead them. That kind of person who someone sees and knows that life has simply not caught up with their significance. They set the table right, set the chair with the table, collect the paper and pencils and bring them to the desk, stand up the lamps, bringing one over to the table, the other to a back corner of the stage, pick up the coffee pot, looks around and sees there isn't the perfect place for it, 
So they settle and bring it over to the table and place it there, etc., until all objects are purposefully arranged. They sit in the chair at the table to write a message that they read aloud once done. What, what a, a life, life lived, lived here, here I, I ruined. ruined. The lights gradually dim so that the dark tightens around them once they sit. Upon their self-indictment, their head falls into their arm, crying the cry of the angel that reported Eve to God, inspiring the death of Eden. Lights close out on the world. Duality Aperitif by S.T. Brandt Performed by Paige Taylor and Spike Police Stage directions read by Jared McCarthy Additional recordings by S.T. Brandt Produced by Empty Room <laughs>